All of us in here be turning to Romans 6, if you would. Romans 6, we're going to continue on in our study of Romans. And uh, look at that time of him dying on the cross this morning and realize that we were there. It's hard to imagine, but we were. We'll see that in our scriptures this morning. Wanted to go back before we get into 6, though, and pick up just a few things at the end of 5. Russell, these first verses won't be on the screen, but we are a new creation. We are a new creature in Christ, and when we give our heart to Jesus, guys, there's a, a new way of doing things. There's a new way of looking at life. There's a new way that we find our power. It's not in ourself anymore. It's in God. And I heard something that I was studying this week that kind of caught my attention. Being saved doesn't make us good. Being saved makes us righteous. Being saved doesn't make us good. It, it doesn't mean tomorrow you're never going to do anything wrong again. But being saved means that in Christ now, we put our life into Christ. We are baptized into him. And don't think of that only as water, but think of us being plunged deep into Christ. And then we live every day. It says the just shall live by faith. The justified shall live by faith every day. We get up and say, Lord, today I'm going to battle some things. Lord, today my old nature is going to want to take over. But Lord, help me to remember that I nailed the old man or the old woman to the cross. And help me to look to that each day and realize that I've got a new way of living now. And I don't need the old way anymore. I live each day in Christ. Not that we try to be better each day because we're not going to be better, but that we live in the power of Jesus Christ each day we live by faith, and he gives us power to make it through that day, and then tomorrow we say, Lord, help us through that day. Kind of goes back to the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. That's more than just fill my belly. Lord, help me realize that I can only make it one day with you, and then tomorrow we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Because if I get looking too far down the road, then my way is going to become prevalent rather than your way, and help me to trust you day by day as I live. As we look at the last part of 5, uh, just flip there in your Bible just up a little bit. Verse 12, just wanted to hit some of the, the key verses kind of leading us into verse, or chapter 6. Therefore, uh, chapter 5, verse 12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death came to all people because all sinned. And it's kind of hard to think about. And you go, well, that's not really fair is that we're all guilty because of one man, but that's, that's God's plan. And, and you'll realize here in just a minute how good that is. Because if death can come to all of us because of the sin of one man, how much more through the death of one Savior can we all find eternal life? And it's good that he don't have to die or someone don't have to die for each one of us, that one man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, could hang on a cross and die for all of us for all time, for all sins, forevermore. That's a pretty huge deal. That's a pretty huge deal. Think if you had to go out and find someone to die for each, each of us, each, you know, every time we want to be saved. I need to find someone to die for me. So we kind of want to get bent out of shape about, well, because of Adam, that means that we're all sinners. Well, that's the way it worked. But because of Jesus, we all can be saved. And that's even greater, amen? That's even greater to think about that. So there's a lot to think about in Romans. Man, Paul makes you use your brain and makes you look to the Holy Spirit to guide you through it. Put, look on down to 15. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of one man, that's Adam, listen to this, how much more 
It's God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to many. And that's what I'm saying. If by one man sin entered into the whole world, how much more, how much more did grace overflow so that all could be saved by the death and resurrection of one man, Jesus Christ? Isn't that something? Think about how the power in the death of, of Christ, the power that was there on Calvary that day, that would, what he could take on all the sins of the world at one time and die for all those. And that's why the Father turned his back on him. He just could not, he couldn't bear to look at that because, man, can you imagine from, from Adam all the way to the last person that will ever live in sin, he heaped all that on his son at one time. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what he felt at that moment, guys. You know, I was talking to our teens this morning. We, we've heard the story of Jesus on the cross, and we've heard the good news, and we've heard the salvation plan and all that a lot in our life. And sometimes it kind of gets to be like one of our reruns. We kind of hear it and we kind of, you know, we've, I'm, I'm bad about watching movies over and over and over. And, you know, we can see, we can tell what's coming in that movie. Dana will say, if you don't shut up, I'm going to turn the movie off. Because I'm, I'm telling, you know, the, the, next thing, the next line, y'all ever do that, the next line. I just love to do that, you know. But sometimes, guys, if we're not careful, we look at the gospel like that. We, oh, yeah, I know Jesus died. Oh, yeah, I know he rose from the dead. Yeah, I know he's interceding for us and for the Father. And all of a sudden, we just kind of grow cold to it. And guys, we have to realize that the power that was in Jesus dying on the cross for us. We have to realize our hopeless state before Jesus and the hope that we have after Jesus and in Jesus and with Jesus forevermore. And may that never, ever grow cold and stale and, and old to all of us because, guys, it's where our salvation lies is in the power of Jesus Christ. Verse 18 and 5 says, Consequently, consequently, just one trespass resulted in accommodation for all people. So also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. And aren't we glad about that this morning? And then to finish up 5, verse 20, the law was brought in so that trespass might increase. But where sin increased, listen to this, grace increased all the more. Now, when, when the Ten Commandments were handed down, the law we realized all of a sudden there were some things that were right and some things that were wrong. You realize that if you murder someone, that's wrong. You know, we didn't, we didn't really know that maybe before. It, 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 there was some reason God gave them to us. We didn't realize if you lie, that was wrong. We didn't realize that if you commit, commit adultery, that's wrong. We didn't realize that there should be no other gods before God himself. There shouldn't be uh, no other gods. We should not take his name in vain. We should remember the, the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Those laws, when they came down, all of a sudden we realized, man, there's a lot of things we got to keep. There's a lot of flaws that we have. There's a lot of sins that we commit. So when the law, what the verse is saying there, when the law was given, we've seen that sin grew because now we knew what sin was. But then it says that great part, but grace increased all that much more. If sin increased, then Christ came in his mighty power and spread more grace on us so that we could have eternal life and that we could be forgiven for our sins. And that comes in the power of Jesus Christ. So that just as sin reigned in death, also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Everybody say amen. Amen. Man, what power. What power in the book of Romans. And like I've said many times, every new Christian should read the book of Romans because it just shows you where you're at. So let's go into six. Dead to sin, alive in Christ. 
This morning, a new way of doing things. Now, have you noticed throughout Romans, we've seen these questions. And Paul's always got these, you know, I told you from the very beginning, he's got these conscientious objectors in the crowd. He's always preaching to a group, and there's always these folks in the crowd that, that doubt what he's saying, that they're trying to find something wrong with it. Kind of like the Pharisees and Jesus, you know, they were, they were always trying to find something wrong with what he was saying. And so Paul is, is so, he's so led by the Spirit, he so knows the heart of these people, he knows where they're coming from, and, and a lot of times he can ask a question even before they get to ask it, and then he can give them an answer before they can even come up with a rebuttal. And so that's what he's doing here. He realized there's some ejectors in the crowd, and, and what they're saying, you know, we, we see all these things, and you, you know, you, you said that where, where sin is, grace abounds that much more, and, and the question is, well, you know, if, if grace is that big, isn't it okay if we just, we, that means we can just sin and grace will cover it up. You know, the grace is, you said it's, it's bigger than our sin. But you know, when you start thinking about living for the Lord in that way, you know, we get ridiculed a lot in the Southern Baptist movement that we believe in eternal security of the believer, which means I believe once you give your heart to Jesus and you truly give your heart to Jesus, he will never, ever let you go. A lot of people want to call that, oh, you believe in that once saved, always saved. You believe that you can go and live however you want once you're saved, and God's just going to forgive you. But you know, that's not, that's not what it says. And that's what Paul's talking about this morning. Look there in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? So, so okay, so, so that I've got this great grace in my life, then it don't really matter if I mess up or not because God's going to cover it. Isn't that a sad way to live for a man that gave his life for you? You know what that's saying? It's saying that grace is not a proper motivator for me living a holy life. It's saying that the grace that God has bestowed on me, it's not even worth me living a clean life for. It's not even, it's not even worth me living in Christ and living righteously and not doing those things anymore. And that's sad when we look at what Christ has done for us with that kind of kind of cheap look and cheap talk. Oh, so we can just live however we want. It'd be like going up and slapping Christ in the face. I thank you for what you're doing, smack, but I'm going to keep on doing what I knew because I know you're going to forgive me. Hmm. That's not the way it was ever intended. What, is, what does Paul say in, in verse 2 there? By no means. No! With, a, with an exclamation mark. You see that? By no means, exclamation mark. What are those who have died to sin? How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We're, we're doing away with the old life. When we say, Lord, come into my life and save me, we don't want any part of that old life anymore. But so many times we do. It's kind of like the little girl that fell out of bed during the night. And her mother heard her screaming and she come running. Baby, you okay? What happened? Her mama fell out of bed. She said, well, what, why did you fall out of bed? She said, because I think I stayed too close to the place where I got in. And you know, a lot of times as Christians, we stay too close to the place where we got in. You know what? Yeah, I want to be saved, but I want to hold on to that. Yeah, I want to be saved, but I'm going to keep doing that. 
Yeah, I want to be saved, but I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah, I want to be saved, but I'm not going to let go of that. We stay too close to the place where we got in. And you know what? It's real easy. It's real easy to forget where we're headed. The Bible says we should get in and flee and run toward Christ. And we leave the old man, the old woman dead on the cross. They're no more. Every day we get up, we should look back to Calvary. And we see Jesus hanging there, but you know who also we should see hanging there? Is ourself, the old man, the old woman, the way we used to be. And we should leave them there. Amen? We should leave them there. Because they have no good for us whatsoever. No good for us whatsoever. Paul uses three key words in chapter 6. To know, we'll look at in verse 3 and 6. To count in verse 11 and offer in verse 13. And I think one of the things that we need to understand as we enter this chapter is the believer's position and his practice. All right? The believer's position and his practice. Our position. When you give your heart to Jesus, we have a new position. Our position is our standing in Christ, our justification. It's perfect because we are in Christ. When we give our heart to Jesus, we went from the old man, the old woman, the old sinner that didn't care for Christ, that was at war with Christ. We studied that last week. We were at war with him. But when he came in and saved us, we turned and ran into his arms, and he gave us a new position. Now, rather than being sinners, we are justified. We are, we are now made right because of Jesus Christ. Not because we're a great person. Not because all of a sudden we got good but because now our position is in Christ Jesus himself. He's in Christ Jesus. We are in God's Son. And how do we know that? Because we see in the Bible that says you are now heirs and co-heirs. You you now are part of the inheritance, and, and God considers you equal with his Son as far as what he has is yours. Because, Because of our greatness? No, because now we are in Christ Jesus. You see that? We are in Christ. We have a new position. We have a new position. That's why we shouldn't run back to our old way. We're we're a new position. When you get a new position at work, in the morning, if you're going to a new job and you're going to be the boss now and you've been a co-worker, you're not going to go in in the morning and start being a co-worker again. You're going to go into your new position and you're going to be the boss that you've been asked to be. Because that's, that's what you've been working for. That's your promotion. When we came to know Christ as Savior, guys, we were promoted. We got a new position in Christ. We once were at war with him. We once were lost. We once were bound for a devil's hell. But when he came in and saved us, we got a brand new way. We got a brand new position in Christ. And we are going to be saved forever and ever and for all eternity in Jesus Christ. And in him alone. In him alone. That's pretty big, isn't it? Then our practice. That's what we do every day in our life. We use a big church word called sanctification. It's, a, it's, a, it's really easy. It's just set apart. Tomorrow, if, if you give your heart to Jesus today, or if you gave your heart to Jesus however long ago it was, I was nine years old. 1971, when I give my heart to Jesus, that next day, I had a new way of practicing living. I had a new way of living. And it's been that way ever since. 
Now, the sad thing is, there were times where I forgot the old man was nailed to the cross, and I went back and grabbed the old man. Remember how we talked about that? It's kind of like carrying a, a carcass on your, on your shoulder. You guys that, that kill deer, don't you just love to go kill that deer and throw him up on your shoulder and walk around for hours with him on your shoulders? No. You want to get rid of that as quick as you can because you're tired of the weight. It's heavy. Why in the world do we pick up the old dead man or dead woman and carry him around so often? It wears us out. It makes us, it makes us sick and tired. Because we're battling our old nature and our new nature. Jesus says, just leave them on the cross and run to me. And run to me. Our practice, our sanctification, it corresponds with that we're more like Jesus every day. That should be our goal. Every Christian in this room, tomorrow we should be more like Jesus. Tuesday we should be more like we were Monday. Wednesday we should be more like him than we were Tuesday and Monday. We should be more like Jesus, conforming to his image every day. Now, are we going to be perfect on this side of heaven? We know the answer is no. But the problem is we give up way too easy and we enjoy the old life rather than the new position and the new practice that Christ has for us. Mm. People today would ask us like this. You say to be saved, all you have to do is believe in Jesus. Then, then you can go out and live any way you want. Hmm. That shouldn't be the way we want to look at this thing. Shouldn't be the way we want to look at this thing. Here's four great answers to that. And they're all covered in six. Number one, you cannot because you're united, you're united with Christ now. You can't, you can't just keep living in sin. You can't just keep going the old way because now you're in Christ. What are you saying? That Christ doesn't have the ability or enough power to put you in the right spot? Number two, you need not because sin's dominion has been broken by grace. Sin doesn't have power over you anymore. You know, before you're saved, you are a slave to sin. Sin is your master. You do the wrong thing and you don't know any better. Because that's your, that's your master. Whoever you spend your time with, that's your master. And before you're saved, you spend all your time in sin. And we sit there and wonder, why does that person act like this? Why does that person do that? Because they don't know any better. They're lost. But when we give our heart to Jesus, guys, we're not supposed to be slaves to that master anymore because now who are we in our position? We're in Christ. So we have a new master. Our master is Jesus Christ. And he asks us to live in righteousness. See, if you still spend a lot of your time over with this old master, what does that tell you? Maybe I really didn't get what I thought I got. You know what I'm saying? Guys, listen, we've got to be real with ourselves. You don't have to be real with me. You've got to be real with yourself because God knows what's real and what's wrong. He knows what's real, what's right, what's not right. He knows if you're his or not. You can tell us all day long. I can tell you all day long. But God knows what's in our heart. He knows what's in our heart. And if you spend all your time at the feet of this master right here, this, this sin master, if that's all you want to do is do wrong, if that's all you want to do is do opposite of what God wants you to do, that is your slave. That is your, I mean, that is your master. You have not put yourself in Christ. Because I'm telling you, when you put yourself in Christ and he becomes your master, 
You should want to be what he wants you to be. You want to do what your master asks you to do every day. Every day. So, you cannot, you need not, and you must not. Because what would happen, it brings sin back in as your master. That don't make any sense. If I got a new position, why do I want to keep going back to that position? And then the last one, you'd better not. For it would end in disaster. What is our last verse we'll say this morning? For the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of following a sin master is death. And not only this old body laid in a casket, get past that. It's eternal lostness from Christ. It's eternally damned. It's eternally in a place away from Christ. It's eternally forever, forever in a place of the lake of fire. And I know we don't like to talk about that. But guys, if you believe in heaven, you also got to believe in hell. And it's the real deal. We play a whole lot of games with ourselves, Guys, we're not playing games with God. He knows. But we play a lot of games with ourselves. We want to live. We want to, we want to serve this master. And we want to do whatever we want to do. And then when times get rough, oh, but God loves me. Oh, God, God, oh, I love you, God. Yeah, he loves you. Don't get me wrong. But guys, if we are truly his, we should not want to stay over there in the enemy's camp. If we're truly his, we're going to want to live different. We're going to want to take that grace that he's given us, and we want to just expand that, and we want to live that, we want to use that to live every day. And it's going to change us. Well, Brother Todd, you know I got a bad temper. Oh, Brother Todd, you know I tell a white lie every now and then. Oh, Brother Todd, you know, you know some of the things I like. You know, God understands. Does he? Does he? You got a new position now. You said you gave up that. Did you really? Are you really serious about following Jesus? Or is it just something that makes you feel good when you mess up? Paul's not pulling any punches this morning, is he? Hmm. Let's read on. Verse 5, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now listen, you can take that on a modern level. If someone commits mass murder and they go to the electric chair when they die they're free from that sin true i mean they, they may suffer for all but as far as this earth is concerned they're they're free from that sin they cannot be convicted for that that trespass anymore that crime because they've been put to death i mean that's pretty big but you can't get a dead man up and say we're going to convict you again Here's what, here's what he's saying, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So, not only 2,000 years ago did Jesus Christ hang on the cross, me and you, everyone that's ever given our heart to Jesus, we hung on that cross too. He was not only our substitute, but he was also our representative. All right, I should have died on the cross, you should have died, but he was our substitute, but he also represented each one of us. 
And so when I say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, Lord, I want you to save me, we hang the old man on the cross. We die. What did it say? For we know that our old self was crucified with him. Who's him? Jesus. We know that our old self was crucified with him. And so we look back and we see our old self on the cross. And so if the old self is dead, if the old self is dead, we've been set free from sin. Now, Brother Todd, are you saying that if I get saved, I'll never sin anymore? No. We still, we still have this nature in us that we'll have until eternity, until we get to glory, and then God's going to clean all that up, and we're going to have a new glorified, perfect body. But we have been set free from sin being our master. We can say no to sin. The problem is we don't like to say no to sin. We like to dabble in it. We like to warm our hands by the fire a little bit. We like to get right in close where we got in, you know? Rather than getting over there with Christ, we don't want to do that. We want to dabble in sin. But he says, we have power now to say no. Is that in us? No, that's in Jesus. Because we are in him. When Jesus died, the Bible says, Oh, grave, where is your sting? Where, where is your victory? Jesus took that out. He took it out. I love that thought that, that, that death stung itself to death on the cross. It stung itself to death on the cross. The devil thought if he could put Jesus on the cross, that he could wipe out all this and we could never be saved. But Jesus overcame that through the power of who he was, and he not only defeated it, he arose and showed us that we would all be able to rise someday in Jesus Christ, in God. Man, that's good. That's good stuff. I know this is a little deep today, guys, but I'm not sure that many of us have heard this in our whole life. I, I, I think, you know, and, and listen to me, those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no, there's no getting around that. But it's more than just believing and just going on and doing what you always done. There's, there's a new way of doing things. There's a new way of treating people. There's a new way of, of living your life. There's a new way of what takes your most priority in your life. There's a new way of what, what do I focus on the most in my life? What do I concentrate on in my life? When you are in Christ, you should concentrate on Christ the most. Let's read on. Now, if we died with Christ, here's the good part. We believe that we will also live with him. If that old man's dead on the cross... And guys, listen, we picture every bit of this in our baptism, all right? Every bit of this is pictured. Baptism is worth about a billion words. First of all, you're telling the world that I'm associated with him and it's important to me. But look, when we go down under the water, that's the old man, the old woman being buried, okay? You've been buried in Christ. And then we come up out of the water. We have risen with Christ. And what's it say? For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Amen? Now, we know we're going to die a physical death unless Jesus comes back and takes us home. But guys, we will not be subjected to spiritual death. Once we give our heart to Jesus, we are buried. The old man and old woman is buried. We raise again in new life, and we can never die spiritually because Christ, we are resurrected in Christ. If Christ is never going to die again, we're never going to die again. Because we are in him. Remember where your position is. It is in Christ. 
It is in Christ. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. The death that we died, when we said, Lord, save me, we died to sin once for all. But now we live in God. We should live in God. That's the way we live every day. God is our number one priority. Asking, doing what he asked me to do is my number one priority. Every day when I get up, that's the most important thing in my Christian life is living for God. Is living for God. We've seen the key word in three. Let me summarize these ten verses real quick. The subject is sanctification. What does that mean? Set apart. God's method for holy living. We've died with Christ. It's pictured in our baptism, I just said. This ends our history as man and woman in Adam. Think about that. When we died to sin, when we said, Lord, save me, our history as being man and women in Adam, that died. We've got a new life now. We have been resurrected in Christ to a brand new life. Sin hold has been broken because sin has nothing to say to a dead man. Think about that. Sin has nothing to say to a dead man. When our old self died, it's over. When sin comes calling now, what do we say? I need you to see my father. He'll deal with that. I need you to see, I need you to see who I'm in, devil. I, I am in Christ now. And he will deal with what you've got for me. He said, with every, every temptation comes a way to escape, that way to escape is through Jesus Christ. And then lastly, now we are free to live in Christ day by day by faith, not of our own power, but of God's. That's a summary. It's a summary of those things. Let's look on. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin. Think about this, guys. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. What does that under law mean? Well, the law tells you where, it's, where you're wrong, but it doesn't give you any power to do anything about it. You just know you're wrong. Isn't that, isn't that a bummer? <laughs> I'm wrong, but what, what can I do about it? The law can't help you. It can't help you at all. But let me tell you something that can. Grace. Grace can help you. See, grace can show you that, yeah, you are wrong, but there is a way out. And it's through the wonderful blood of Jesus Christ. Man, isn't that big? It said Augustine was a, a great man. And Augustine said after he was saved, he was walking down the street one day. And he hears a lady coming up behind him. Augustine, Augustine. He looks around and it. It, it was his old mistress from the life before Christ. And he just kept walking faster and faster. Augustine, Augustine, it's me, it's me. He said, I know, but it's no longer me. I know, but it's no longer me. And guys, listen, when your sins from your old life and your old guilt and your old things that you used to do come running at you, you flee. You run to the arms of Christ and you tell them, I know that's you, but it's no longer me because I am a new creation. 
I am new in Christ Jesus, and I'm never going to be the same. And sin, you have no power over me. Because, because I'm all that powerful? No. But because of my position in Jesus Christ. My position in Jesus Christ. As we read on, what then? Shall sin, shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Here's a great, here's that question again. Oh, okay. All right, we're under grace now. So, hey, I'm always forgiven. I can live however I want. You can see Paul kind of jump up and down. No, no, you can't live however you want. By no means. Why would you treat God's grace like that? Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to that one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that through, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. Well, Brother Todd, I don't know if I want to be a slave to anybody. You want to be a slave to God. Because here's the reason. He has only your best interest in heart. He, he knows how to take care of you. He knows where to take you to do right. He knows the best way. And guys, listen, isn't it, isn't it much greater to be a slave to righteousness than to be a slave to sin? Can you, remember, can you remember like that? Can you remember the days? And guys, we still battle sin. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're not any higher. Like I said, when we got saved, we didn't get on another plane or we didn't get on above everybody else. We're just saved in Jesus Christ. That's what makes us better is Jesus, not, nothing else. But you, you, remember, you remember the battle of sin and how you felt and how you felt rejected. And I see people every day, man, just miserable, miserable. Man, my life is just... It's just awful, and this isn't going right, and man, I'm, this is all in mess, and it's just awful. Have you ever tried Jesus? Oh, ah, I don't have time for that. Oh, one of these days, maybe when I get my life straightened up, I, I need to go to church, but you know, I, I just, I just, I can't, I can't do all those things. You know why? Because you're a slave to sin. Jesus can help you with that. Amen? He can take you out of that. But it, it, it causes you to act to do something. It causes you to do something. Not only your position, but your practice. See, that's the part we don't like. We kind of like the position. I like to be in Christ. That's good. I like him taking care of me. But you mean I've I got to practice every day to be righteous? I've got to practice to live for the Christ? Yeah, it's a practice. Because you know why? Because we never get it right. We've got to keep practicing until we get to heaven. It's a practice. But you've got to keep practicing. And a lot of us don't want to do that. We don't want to fight that fight. We don't want to fight that fight. A, a fellow by the name of Denny says this, It's not restraint but inspiration that liber liberates us from sin. It's not restraint but inspiration that liberates us from sin. It's not Mount Sinai but Mount Calvary that makes us saints. Isn't that great? It's inspiration. It's knowing. It's knowing what God has done for me. It's knowing how much he loved me. It's knowing what he wants to do and change my life. It inspires me to live for him. Not because I have to. Not because if I don't, he'll be mad at me and crack me over the head with a big cane. All these weird things that people think about God. If someone saved you from being a slave to the master of sin and put you on 
a new position and give you a heavenly home and, and give you all the inheritance of heaven and all that it has. And all we can think of is, how much wrong can I do and him still love me? That's what we think. How much wrong can I do? How many sins can I commit and God still love me? Guys, what God has done for us should inspire us to live for him. And it don't matter what I've got to give up. Just throw it out and keep going. Because whatever he asks you to give up is not going to help you anyway. It's not what you need. God is what you need. God is what you need. We keep, we keep relying on these things back here in this life to make us happy. Oh, that makes me happy. It does? For how long? 30 minutes? A couple hours? A couple days? When Christ comes in, guys, he puts a joy in your heart that doesn't go away. We used to sing about it. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. He put that in there. And it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. I got to finish up. You know that I am using an example from everyday life, Paul said. He's, he's kind of using this slaves and masters thing. And he knew that, you know, that back in those days, about half of those people were slaves. About half of the population were slaves in those days. And he said, I'm using this example so you kind of get what I'm going for here. And they were sitting there going, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm with him, I'm his slave. I, I do whatever he says. And so they, they were getting what he was saying. I'm using an example from everyday life, Paul said, because if, if of your human limitations, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves in righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. When you used to live back in the old life, you never thought about being good. You never thought about being righteous. You never thought about Jesus stuff and God stuff and Bible stuff. But you got a new way of living now. Let's finish up. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Hmm, what a question. How did, how, did that, how did that work out for you? That's what Paul said. When you put your trust in the old sin master, how did that work out for you? Well, I was miserable. Well, nothing ever seemed to work right. I was always mad at somebody. That's how that works out. Those things result in death. That's pretty big, isn't it? But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everybody say amen right there. Let me break it down for you real quick. I know we're running late. Here's the old way and the new way. We all have a master. I know you can't hardly see this on the left-hand side here, but we all have a master. The old way, it was the law. We tried to be good. The new way is under grace, where we will be good through Jesus. We are all enslaved. The old way, we were slaves of sin. Now we're slaves of obedience, righteousness, and slaves to God. Does any of that sound bad to you? Being right? Being with God? But we all have some freedom. You say, well, I'm free to do whatever I want. Yep, you're right. You're right. You're free from the control of righteousness. But on the other way, the new way, you're free from sin's control. And guys, listen to me. When it comes time for you to close your eyes in death, you're going to want to be free from sin's control. You're not going to want to be free from, from righteousness. Because the only way you're going to get to heaven is through being made righteous through Jesus Christ. Finishing up, we all make offerings. Offerings to impurity and ever-crazing wickedness or offerings to righteousness. We all reap fruit. 
things that now are ashamed of, which result in death, things that lead to holiness, which results in eternal life. The choice is the wages of sin equals death. The gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's, that's a summary of a whole chapter 6 right there. We once were in Adam. We give our heart to Jesus. We are now positioned in Christ. And we have those things that we battle back and forth. And guys, I'll take the new way every time. Don't you like new stuff? Don't you like new things? I love a new shiny truck. Ooh, too much. But I love the new life that Christ has for me. You know what? Because the Bible says he makes his mercies new every day. So when you know Christ, it's like you get up in a new world every day with him. Because what you did yesterday, you've asked for forgiveness for. He's cleaned all that slate. And you wake up every morning with a brand new way of thinking, a brand new way of living in Christ Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread. But when you wake up in the old life, you wake up in guilt and hurt and remorse. Christ can take all that away. He can take all that away. Aren't you thankful for what he's done for us? Let's bow together. If you're sitting here this morning and you're still a slave to the master of sin, and guys, listen to me one more time. We're not saying that when you get saved, you never sin again. But now, through Jesus, you have the power to say no through the righteousness that he bestows on us. If you're sitting here this morning and you're tired of living for yourself and for the sin and for the wickedness. And you know that you want this free gift, this gift of life. Because the Bible says the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God, Lord, God give us a gift through Jesus Christ. If you're tired of wandering around in the wrong world, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And us as Christians, are we always too busy trying to find the old man or the old woman to drag around? Our old self? Are we not happy unless we're doing something we used to do? Are we not happy unless we're doing old things, the things that we used to run around in, the old sin we used to commit? Guys, what I'd ask you to do is check your heart and make sure that you give it to Jesus. And if you know that you have, Start living in him like you should. Dear Lord, just speak to hearts today. Lord, this is, this is big time stuff. Lord, help us not to take lightly that we're saved. Help us, not to re- help us to think that we can't just get saved and keep living however we want. Lord, we ha- we've been given a new position in you. And Lord, you, you give us a new practice. You You want us to be set apart, to be sanctified. Christ, help us to understand that. Help us not go dragging the old man and the old woman around. Lord, help us to leave them on the cross where we buried them. Lord, help us to live in this new life. Lord, speak to hearts this morning. In your name we pray.